Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 162. I'm Kip Clark, and joining me in the studio today, we have a returning guest, Jack Quigley. Hi there. And today we're going to be talking about the function of friendship or the roles that friends play in our lives. And to start with, I'd really like to know what inspired this topic for you. The idea for this came about from two separate conversations I had recently, the first of which was with one of my good friends, and we were talking about initially about why we were friends, and then on a more broader scheme, why we are friends with people and just kind of how you interact with people on a day-to-day basis and how that's different if it's a stranger and if it's a friend. And then the other conversation was more in passing, but one of my friends was writing a sociology paper on the impact of technology on the relationships that you form with the people around you and how technology makes it a lot easier to have a superficial relationship, typically over the internet. And because there are a number of things that we will likely end up discussing, I'd really love to know where you want this discussion to begin. The first and only thought I think I really had coming into this was, in my mind, the different levels of friendship that we kind of build in our own heads and what those different levels mean to us. To me, there's a big difference between an acquaintance, which is someone that knows my name and I know their name and will smile and say hi in passing, but they don't really know that much about me. And then there's what I would call friends, the people who you're happy to sit and have a conversation with for a half hour, but wouldn't always necessarily go out of your way to see them. And then beyond that, that's when you get you know, you have your very close friends and then your best friends, which is a whole nother level of getting to know somebody. Those are the classifications in my mind. I don't actually know. I haven't talked to too many people about this, but do you feel like you have the same level of classifications in your mind or do you see friends in a different sort of ranking system? I think I do have a very similar mental schema involved in the way I perceive friends and friendship. I would say I might use a road or highway analogy and suggest that acquaintances, and I agree with you there on the lowest tier of socialization, so to speak, are those who have not yet walked very far along this road of me, so to speak, if we're allowed to be that egotistical in this conversation. Whereas an individual further along, maybe a friend, someone who does know me, has some kind of a connection. They share a class with me, they share an interest with me, they might work in the same environment, or we might share a similar space in our daily or weekly routines. And so as a result, we've developed some form of connection. Now, around the distance of a friend in my road metaphor, I would situate the Facebook friend because I think technology brings in a number of interesting factors into friendship. And I don't know how far along in this road I would say the Facebook friend is because in certain relationships I have with people, my Facebook friendship with them is an intermediary stage between our acquaintanceship and our friendship where they really don't know me that well, and I'm almost surprised that they sent a friend request via Facebook because we haven't really shared that many conversations or interactions, and I'm a bit intrigued as to what connection, if any, they would like to have in my life. And then beyond friends, Facebook friends, and acquaintances, I agree with you that there are very, very close friends. But I would also say on this road metaphor, perhaps there is a detour or an exit, so to speak, that is only occupied by a few friends And I have them branching off the main road in my mind because they aren't necessarily distant or close friends, but situational friends that I might get along with particularly well in a certain environment or when I am in a particular emotional state. Or on the flip side, 
people who get along well with me when they are in a particular emotional state. For example, in college, there were certain individuals that I would consider friends, not necessarily close friends, who, when intoxicated or experiencing a different chemical situation, which I won't describe in detail, they might be more friendly towards me and might be more inclined to talk to me or go on a walk with me. And I've always been intrigued by those interactions. And so similarly, as you and I both attended the same college, I'd really like to know if you think there were ever situational friendships for you, whether they involved substances or not, if people behaved in different ways towards you in very specific circumstances. I would definitely say yes. And it's interesting that you bring that up because I actually would not have probably thought of that on my own. Because in my mind, I think those are the kind of people that I'll actually usually try to categorize them into either acquaintances or into friends in the kind of system that I'd build up in my own mind. In that if someone is kind of situationally friends with me, usually I'll try to do some sort of quick personal evaluation and see, do I actually think I would be friends with them outside of the situation if we put in the effort or not? And typically, if it's not, then I just try to dissociate from them in those situations, if possible. And if yes, then for myself, and I know not a lot of other people do this, then I'll go out of my way to like say hello to them in passing, even though I know it's going to make them feel a little awkward the first time or two. And I guess this is situational in a broader sense, but that might also may just be where we were at at the time. Attending a very small college in a very rural area, you see a lot of people that you run into in certain situations. You end up running into them a lot of the other times as well because there's only so many people around. And so it was very easy for me for people that I was situationally friends with and actually thought we would be friends. Otherwise, it was very easy for me to just say hello to them every day in passing, walking to class or in the cafeteria. So I suppose outside of college, I don't know necessarily how that would play out. But in my mind, situational friends, they do exist, but I kind of see them in a different light. Now, to go back to basics, as the topic is the function of friends in our lives, I'd really like to know what comes to mind when I ask you, why have friends? What roles do they fill? I think friends are there just to kind of make life more interesting. It could be not easy, but it's doable to kind of go about your day-to-day business and never really have any sort of personal connection with anybody. But for me, I think that's one of my favorite parts about being alive and being a human is just getting to know people. And with people that you don't really know very well, you could very easily have the same conversation over and over again with a bunch of different people. And if you're not talking to them for hours and hours, then it's never really going to be anything of substance and it's not going to be an interesting conversation after a while. And so I think that's kind of the benefit of friends that you get to know somebody and you can kind of pick up where you left off. You can start a conversation with a friend and then end it. And then three days later, start talking about the same thing again. This plays in a little bit more to the friends that you're closer with, but there is something to be said about kind of the support network that friends provide to kind of celebrate good times and be with you in the bad times. And I agree with you. I think I might have a more cynical spin, oddly enough, because they do make life more interesting and honestly provide various resources that we need, social and otherwise. Often friends, at least in my life, have been ones to provide rides, and I've often driven people to the airport, or those who can help us find jobs that we're looking for, or teach us skills that we do not know, listen to us when we're sad and need someone to talk to, provide entertainment, share experiences with us. None of which I say as a bad thing necessarily because we do all have those needs in our lives. But I think the key is that in acknowledging the roles and benefits that friends can provide for us, there should be a degree of mutuality there, which is something I've often struggled with. One, in that I don't know if I've served mutual roles for friends who have helped me tremendously in my life in becoming who I hope is a better person but also with certain friends that I don't feel are as mutual with me as they could be. 
And so I wonder if a friend is really the right term. And before I go any further there, what are your observations on the nature of mutuality in your friendships? That's an interesting topic to bring up. One thing that you said that really resonated with me was talking about how friends can help you advance as a person, just kind of to better yourself. And I do think there is sort of a mutuality that's necessary there, at least for the friendship to maintain. I know in my experience, and I'm sure everyone has had times where they've had a friend where they didn't feel like it was mutual in some regard. And I think a lot of times friendships can dissolve over that, not necessarily in a very tangible, physical way, but they just kind of fizzle out over time. And I think that also speaks to how well you get to know the person. I know I've had a friend as of late who it felt like I was putting a lot more into our friendship than he was. And after it was frustrating me for a while, I actually just talked to him and called him out on it and said, I'm putting a lot more into this than you are. And I'm happy to still be friends, but something's got to give. It may have been a little abrasive, but I basically said, you need to show me that you actually care about me as a friend, or I'm just going to kind of give up and step back. And so I do think there is a mutuality that's necessary. And depending on how well you know the person, I think after a point, you can actually just openly discuss it. But I think that's interesting as well, because I think it's something that's not acknowledged very frequently. And I think especially with people that you don't know very well, that's something that could actually very easily end a friendship if you say that you don't feel like there's a mutuality there. I don't know. What do you think? Well, in my own life, I've noticed a certain box of sorts that I've put myself in where I don't feel mutually respected in certain ways in certain friendships, but I do enjoy the presence or aspects of that friendship enough to the point that I'm concerned if I bring something up and cause a conflict and therefore lose that friend that I will have been the one to have lost out because I took the risk in starting that conversation. And so as a result, with most of my friends, I've never had that discussion, even when issues of mutuality have come up. And so I respect you for bringing it up, because I think most people wouldn't really have the courage, so to speak, to do so. And I think there's always a courteous way to go about it. But I do think as you progress through a friendship, you are able to talk about more and more. And actually, I'd love to know if you think a friendship can actually move forward as a result of risking hard conversations like that. I think it definitely can. The easiest way to measure how good of a friend someone is, in my mind, is just how honest I am with them and how much I trust them with certain parts of my life that I don't talk about a lot of the time. And so I think risking those conversations and having them is an honest conversation and it's kind of a step towards being more honest than you were before. And so in that regard, that does just progress you down that road that you were talking about earlier. I think it does bring people closer together and makes people better friends than they would have been before. I'm inclined to agree because I've often thought that in certain fights or arguments, as unpleasant as they might feel, there is a degree of caring that is necessarily involved there, at least in my mind, because if you didn't care about the issue that was brought up, you would just walk away. You wouldn't waste your time on a fight or an argument. And one could certainly contend in response to that, that people fight not always to show that they care, but to show that they feel they are right or that they've been wronged in some way, and it may have nothing to do with a friendship. And thinking about friendship as you and I are in our third decade of life, would you talk about how the roles of friends have changed over the course of your life? Yeah, and I think a good way to start that is just by talking about how my idea of friends has changed over time, and I think it's just become more nuanced and more thought out. That whole kind of system I was explaining at the beginning, I like your road analogy a lot better, but I think that whole concept is something that you kind of develop over time. I think when you're a lot younger, it's very binary. Oh, we're friends. Oh, we're not friends. And that's it. There's nothing nuanced about it. That's it. And I think the role that friends have played in my life in a very nonspecific way, I think just the role has increased a lot over the years, especially being in college and therefore away from home and away from my family. 
friends play a much greater role in your day-to-day life, especially. They're the closest people to you that you see on that day-to-day basis. But even on a greater scheme, I was in college for four years and over the last year and a half, two years, I haven't been home for longer than two weeks, but I've been in a lot of other places for a lot longer. And so I think for me, friends kind of become your fill-in family. They're the people that at least your closer friends that you can go to for really anything, just to talk about an issue having, just to like talk through a paper prompt if you want to like try to flesh out ideas while speaking out loud and not looking like a crazy person and talking alone out loud in the middle of a coffee shop. If you want someone just to eat dinner with, I think friends fill a lot of those roles that you know when you're younger and you're at home that siblings and parents, even extended family play. In reflecting, I think my experience has been the same, that as I've spent less and less time around my family in our college years, for example, friends have filled similar roles. They are the people that I share meals with. They are the people that I go to for advice and support in various forms. But also in a space that family cannot always fill, friends for me have shown great diversity in talent, ethnic background, nationality, cultural identity, etc., I've learned a lot from friends simply because they are so different from my family, my hometown community, and that has allowed me to, in many ways, reflect on my sense of self and, of course, develop more nuanced ideas. This thought just occurred to me. It might be a more personal question, so I don't know if you want to answer this, but I think one of the more interesting experiences for me about being away at college and making friends there as opposed to the friends that I made at home has been watching how my family interacts with them when my family comes to visit, because my family has come to visit me at college quite a few times. And it's just interesting to compare and contrast how they get to know my friends from home as opposed to how they get to know my friends from school. And I was just curious what your experience with that was like. As I think back on those college years, I don't have a ton to say because my family and I didn't arrange many visits. But on one very prominent visit towards the end of our senior year, they met you and a few other friends of mine. And I would summarize that interaction by saying that they were very interested in who you and other friends were as people in ways that I don't feel were as prominent or prioritized during my childhood or adolescence, which is to say that I know I wasn't fully developed, nor do I think I am now or will ever be, but I certainly knew less about myself as a teenager, for example, and what I thought and believed and knew about our world. And I think my friends fell into similar categories where my parents could have had a long conversation with them about personal philosophies or professional aspirations, but they wouldn't have much to say. And so I've noticed that as I've grown up and had other adult friends, that the interactions between family and friends have become more nuanced, more intellectual, more emotionally honest in a lot of ways, as we've all had more raw and in many cases adult experiences that we can discuss and share. And in the same vein, if it's not too personal, I'd love to know what your experiences had been when your family crossed that threshold. It's been interesting because my family is a very open and welcoming family. My family has tried to get to know, I think, all of my friends. And I think what's most interesting is that in high school, for sure, they knew my closer friends, kind of the group of friends that I hung out with on a typical day-to-day basis. But the way my parents interacted with them, it was more in a parental role. I think they saw them kind of like as their extended children in a sense, especially some of my closer friends. I think my mom and my dad, but definitely my mom would call at least a few of my friends. She would say that she's their second mom or they're our third son or our second daughter. Watching my parents interact with my friends in college, it's much more of a friendship sort of connection and not a parental child kind of connection. And I don't know whether that's a product of us being older and being adults and independent and living away from home, or whether it's a product of my parents knowing that they're not going to get to know my friends in college as well as they know my friends in high school because they don't get to see them quite as frequently. But it's actually been quite fascinating for me. 
I have a few friends from high school who I still keep in touch with, and my parents ask about them all the time and ask about them in a very parental way, like, oh, are they doing okay? Does Grace have a job yet? Does she know where she's going to be living yet? In a very loving way. And actually, a few of them, I think my parents actually just talk to directly. They don't even bother going through me anymore. But when they come to college, it was interesting, especially in my dad, who's visited more on his own. So he spent more time one-on-one with some of my friends. The way he interacted with my friends is a lot closer to the way that I interact with them than I'd ever seen with friends of mine in high school and how my dad interacted with them. It wasn't necessarily off-putting, but it caught me by surprise, I think, the first time I saw it. And in talking about how your parents have interacted with friends, I also think it's worth discussing what you specifically look for in a friendship. And again, it may be a personal question, but I'd really like to know either what qualities or activities or general aspects you look for in a friend of yours. I think on a baseline level, working up that kind of hierarchy I talked about at the beginning, people that I count as acquaintances, very minimal. They just need to be willing to like say hello to me and remember that my name is Jack. Outside of that, that's really all you need. I think for people that I actually consider friends, there's nothing super tangible, but kind of just someone that I feel like I could maintain a conversation with for 20 minutes and not be bored. I guess one of the most tangible ways to put it is someone that I would be happy to introduce to my mom or my dad, someone that they could meet. And in my own mind, I would know that my parents would get along with them and approve of them as a friend of mine. I don't think there's any sort of one quality, definitely not one activity that I look for in a person to consider them a friend of mine. In fact, in terms of activities, a lot of my friends don't do the same activities that I do. I kind of like being one of the few people that does what I do. I think it makes conversations more interesting. I think it makes kind of the circle of friends you build more interesting because it's more diverse. I don't know. What do you think? Well, the reason I mentioned activities is not necessarily that you would share activities because I agree with you. A diversity of friends is better for everyone involved. And I think everyone can learn from one another in such a situation. And while I don't need all of my friends to be performers, I do enjoy friends of mine who can be performative because I will often try to create bits or characters or any joke in the moment that would require a degree of spontaneity and open-minded improvisation, which is not to say that you need to be the best actor or improviser ever, because I'm certainly not, but I enjoy people who can either take those jokes or in certain situations run with them and add to them ad hoc in a public setting where we didn't prepare for this. And in terms of values that are important to me in friends and in my own aspirations as a person, I think compassion, honesty, and confidence, which does not overflow into arrogance, as well as curiosity, because I know a number of intelligent people and friends of mine who are not only very well gifted with their intelligence, but also seek to keep learning and recognize that a lot of things in the world are still mysterious to us. I would agree with a lot of the qualities that you said, and I think part of the reason why that didn't come to my head initially is probably just because of the fact that a lot of the friends I've made over the last few years have been when we were at college, and being at a small liberal arts college, you can find those traits in a lot of the people that you meet there. This one might be more just for me, or just a more personal thing, but for me, I think one thing that I don't necessarily look for in a friend, but is a trait in a lot of the people that I maintain as friends, is there someone who can feed off my energy pretty well, in a very versatile sense, in that my energy can kind of be all over the map, wherein when I'm pretty mellow, the people that I'm good friends with are pretty good about not also being mellow themselves, but not kind of ruining that for me. And when I'm very high energy, when I'm really excited about something, there are people that can feed off of that and can be really excited with me. And so, yeah, I guess that's one thing that as I'm thinking through it, I find as a common trait amongst most of my friends. Now, as a final avenue for discussion in the past year, you and I graduated and left college. 
And I remember a thought on my mind during that period, and it still somewhat lingers, is to what extent friends in my life, especially at college, have been friends of circumstance. Would we be close with one another were it not for the institutions or organizations or groups that brought us together? And I'd really love to know what you think of the idea of situational friendship. Is it lesser than? Is it something to be avoided? Or is it maybe a necessity in our lives? I wouldn't say that it's a necessity. I think it's just a product of how we live our lives. I don't think necessity is the right word. I think unavoidable is the word I would use to describe it. And in my mind, situational friends kind of plays into that hierarchy again that I was talking about. I think the people that I'm friends with just because of where I'm at, those are the people that I would just call friends. It's the close friends. Those are the ones that it doesn't really matter where either of us are. We know we would be friends pretty much no matter under what circumstances we met taking out certain extreme circumstances, but pretty much people I consider close friends are people that I can say with a pretty high degree of confidence that if I was to meet them in a different place of the world at a different time in both of our lives, we'd probably still end up being pretty good friends. I've also grappled with the thought, and I'm glad you used the word unavoidable, that if it is unavoidable to have situational friends, it's not necessarily a bad thing that as we leave those circumstances or environments, they may no longer be our friends because they served a certain role or purpose in our lives. And hopefully, as we'd mentioned earlier, there is mutuality there and we were worthy of their time just as they were worthy of ours. And before we close this episode, I'd love to know what you want the audience to think about after listening to this discussion. Just a quick response to what you just said. I think I totally agree. I think it's not necessarily a bad thing that we lose those friends kind of in the same vein. I think, again, it's unavoidable. That's just the nature of what those friends are and who they are and what role they play in our lives. I think they're meant to be there for a time and it's unavoidable that they're there then. And then you're meant to grow apart and go elsewhere. And again, it's unavoidable that you lose those friends. And I don't like to use the word lose because it kind of sounds like a negative thing, but it's just the product of growing older and becoming more adult. I think the one thing that I would want other people to think about is just to think about what it is you look for in a friend and why is it that that's what you're looking for. And if it's something that's more tangible, why do you think it is that you look for something tangible? And if it's pretty intangible, why is that? In addition to that, I know we didn't discuss technology too much, but in looking at the qualities that you look for in a friend as technology progresses, do you honestly think you can pick up those traits or qualities just by meeting someone on the internet? I'd really like the audience to think about not necessarily the role that friends play in your life, but the roles that you might play in the lives of your friends and why they might seek you out to play those roles or how you might have fallen into that role for them and what roles you might be well equipped to take up in the lives of friends around you and how you can signal these things to the people in your lives who you consider friends. And Jack, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on to discuss this. Always a pleasure. But as ever, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. So if you have any thoughts, opinions, or feedback of any kind, please reach out to us. You can connect with us via Twitter or Facebook, where if you like our page, you'll receive weekly updates when we post new episodes. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to as well as reviewing the show and sharing it with someone you think might enjoy it or get something out of it. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.